Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a, a Football Friday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski. And we did not have a pod on Tuesday. It's been a very, very strange week because of everything that has transpired over the last 48, 72 hours involving DeMar Hamlin. And that was one of the most cringeworthy and scary moments that you've ever experienced in years of watching the NFL. And I I hate saying this because we watch football every week. We see these gruesome, horrific injuries. We saw Tua's concussion earlier in the year in Cincinnati. Uh, I go back to Reggie Brown going up against the Jets with the Lions. Uh, For those of you old enough to remember Dennis Bird, like we've seen bad football injuries over the years. Ryan Shazier just a few years ago. There was something different, though about what happened with DeMar Hamlin. The idea that CPR and and this literal life-or-death type of challenge is in front of you is tough to digest. It's tough to stomach. And thankfully, the news regarding DeMar Hamlin over the last few days has taken a turn. It's far more positive. We wish that young man nothing but the best. The fact that he's asking about what happened in the Monday night game, the fact that A lot of people were able to do a whole lot of good. Look at the work, the entire NFL community and just the sports world and America, for that matter, has done in funding his charity. It's nice seeing people come together. It really is. You don't want it to be because of a tragedy. You don't want it to be because of a life or death situation. But it does show the like good in humanity. So that has been the overarching story 
that's kind of looming over week 18. And it's kind of looming over the sports world for that matter as we get ready for these games. And listen, it's a weird week. It's a weird week picking games. And it's a weird week for each of the locals as they wrap up the regular season. The million dollar question for me with the New York Giants. And I'm going to ask Daniel Jones about this when he joins us tomorrow. We'll have that pod Friday night. And you can catch it all weekend. Had to change the schedule at DJ because of the Hamlin stuff, of course. But are the Giants going to play their guys? That, to me, is the million-dollar question as they get ready for Philadelphia. This game means a ton for the Eagles. It is the one seed. It is the NFC East. They are playing balls to the wall. There's a good chance Jalen Hurts is back. They need this game desperately. The point spread indicates that the Giants are not going to play guys and that the Eagles, they, they got everybody ready to rock. Giants don't need to play this game. And I know that a lot of folks romanticize what Tom Coughlin did. Hey, we talked about it when he came on our podcast about a month ago. The idea that in the final game of the year with New England going for an undefeated regular season, Tom Coughlin played his guys. The Giants lost the thriller. They gained momentum because of that, and they kind of parlayed it all the way to what happened throughout the Super Bowl when they ultimately ended up beating the New England Patriots. I look at this situation for Brian Dable drastically different. I do. And I know some of you are going to make the argument, hey, let's build more momentum. Let's knock the Eagles off the division. Let's go and play to win this game. The Giants are not deep enough as a team to go and do something like that. They're just not. Can we acknowledge that? They can't lose DJ. They can't lose Barkley. They, they, Thibodeau, they can't lose these guys. They don't have enough good players. Take the week, get right, and get ready for the playoffs the following week. That's how I'd handle it. That's what I would do. I'm not playing my guys. For four quarters, no way, no how. To me, it's risk-reward. The risk clearly outweighs the reward. I am not playing my guys. I know that's going to bother some of you Giant fans. I know it's going to rub some of you the wrong way. I know you're going to be like, JJ, come on, that's weak. Look at what Coughlin did. This could help our team, blah, blah, blah. You don't need that against Minnesota, let's say. And it's going to be Minnesota because I got news for you. San Francisco is not losing to, to Arizona and whoever they're playing at quarterback. So get ready. It's going to be the Giants and the Vikings next weekend at some point in time. You don't need that because you just played this team a few weeks ago. You, you just basically played them even for four quarters and lost on a 60-some yard field goal. No, you should not be playing your starters. That's me. I am not playing my guys if I'm Brian Dable. We'll see how the coach handles it. I'm going to ask Daniel Jones about it. I don't think he's going to give us a whole lot. I think Mumba's going to be the word on whether or not they're playing their guys or how much they're playing their guys. Giants have the momentum. The Indianapolis win, the Viking performance, the Washington win. They don't, they don't need more. To me, again, risk, reward. Reward doesn't outweigh the risk here. It just doesn't. So I am not playing my guys if I'm the Giants for four quarters. Now, the Jets get ready for a meaningless regular season finale for them. The game has significance for the Dolphins. Dolphins need a win. They need a Buffalo win, of course, against the New England Patriots. And from a Jets standpoint, 
there is a whole lot of bad feelings for how this season has come to a close. From the no-show in Seattle last week to now this uncertainty about whether or not Mike White is going to play. I get the sense, and I could be wrong about this, I get the sense Woody Johnson is unhappy. Woody Johnson's back from London. He's back dealing with the day-to-day operation of the team. And regardless of what the expectations were for the Jets at the beginning of the season, when you were 7-4 and four, and you're now 7-9 and nine, and you've lost all these games in a row and the playoffs are shot, a lot of uneasy feelings around Florham Park. Somebody falling on the sword here because of the way that Zach Wilson has played. And even some of the comments today from LaFleur saying that he shouldn't have started his first year. They didn't have a veteran quarterback there for half the year. Like, we're contradicting ourselves left and right. Salah is insulting everybody with the way he's talking about Zach Wilson. And I get it. He's trying to be positive. He's not trying to throw his guy under the bus. It's insulting to my intelligence. Just say right now, he, he's got he's to get it. And he does not have it. Like the way I, it's just hearing some of the comments from the Jet coaching staff, bizarre. It's like they don't know what to do as far as Wilson being this big of a flop and a bust. And we're going to have Benigo on it a little bit for old school, new school. And we'll talk about this. If Mike White cannot play on Sunday, and the betting line is indicating that maybe he can because the Jets were one-point favorite. Now they're a two-point underdog. What gives over the last, I don't know, 10 hours? To me, it's uncertainty at quarterback. But if that's the case, Wilson should play this game. Why not? The game means nothing for the Jets. In fact, you make the argument they're better off losing the game. Draft pick. Schedule. I know that's going to rub some of you the wrong way too, but I really don't care. And it has nothing to do with my team. I'm just, just being real. You'll get two easier games and you might end up with a top 10 draft pick. Just just throwing that out there. But the Jets are kind of in this position that I didn't think they would be in. Because at the beginning of the year, you would have looked at this year and you would have said, wow, a lot of young players. They won a lot more games. They're moving in the right direction. It's tough to sell that. And it's tough to spin that. When you perform the way that they have over these last few weeks especially the Seattle and Jacksonville game in consecutive weeks. And you throw in the way Wilson has looked. That's what also makes it look that much worse. Where you're realizing next year they got to be in the playoffs. Next year they need a veteran quarterback. They could try to sell you anything they want on Zach Wilson. He cannot be the starter next year. They're putting all their chips in the middle of the table. That regime don't win next year. They're out. You think they're putting that on the line with Wilson? No shot. So the vibes around the Jets, I don't care what happens on Sunday, they are not going to be as good as they could have been a few weeks ago. They're just not. And what I wonder about, Woody being far more involved and Woody being a little angry, somebody's going to have to be held accountable for Wilson stinking up the joint. And by that, I mean the offensive coordinator. And here's the little conundrum. That's Salah's buddy. Salah 
and LaFleur, the Green Bay coach. Best man in his wedding. You think he's firing his brother? I don't think so. Woody Johnson says, you got to fire LaFleur. Is that something that could lead to a crazy Monday in Jetland? I think that's the only way it happens. I think the only way we're talking about Robert Sala not being the coach on Monday is if that exact scenario plays out. Where it's, hey, your coordinator's gone. No, he's not. Well, if he's not, you are. Sal going to fire his buddy. I don't know. I do not know. I'd say 85 to 90% chance that Robert Sal is back coaching this team. And I think it's playoffs to bust for everybody in the organization. So next year, the stakes, there's no more feel-good rides for the Jets. Next year, the stakes are playoffs to bust. So you better not be playing out the string week 18, whoever you're playing next year. Because that's the case, none of the coaches, and even the GM for that matter, not going to survive that. Before we take a couple of calls, I'm watching the Nick game last night. That is a game they 1,000% lose last year. There's not any shadow of doubt. That is a game they find a way to screw up against a bad spur team. They yuck up a lead. Here's the difference between last year and this year. Jalen freaking Brunson. It's as simple as that. At the end of these games, you know who's going to have the ball in his hands. You know who's going to make the right basketball play. Popovich was raving about the IQ, basketball-wise, of Brunson. And I got I to gotta own this. So when the Knicks signed Brunson, I was like, great. He's an upgrade. He's overpaid. That was my first thought. Wrong. Second thought is, how does that change the upward trajectory of the franchise? And you could still argue that there are questions about that. Because this is not a championship caliber Nick team. We all know that. But they are significantly better because Jalen Brunson is here. And I love watching him play. He's a legit point guard. He's a gamer. He's a winning player. Now, I think a question a lot of Nick fans had the other night when Donovan Mitchell's going for 70 is, could the Mitchell-Brunson-Randall trio if the Knicks were able to pull that off and they would have traded, let's say, Barrett, and they would have traded away either Grimes or Obi Toppin, what that would have looked like. Look, Mitchell is playing like an absolute beast. I wanted Mitchell. I didn't want to move Barrett. And right now, I mean, listen, that's not looking particularly smart. So I guess from that standpoint, it's a good thing I'm not running the New York Knickerbockers because I would have held firm on Barrett. And I would have signed Brunson. But I like that. Again, I don't. I wonder where the organization is going. But that should not come at the expense of Jalen Brunson, who is a fantastic player and has been an all-star this year. And if the Knicks end up being a top-six playoff team, Jalen Brunson to me, because of what he's been able to do and how Randall looks completely different with a point guard and how everything just flows and looks and feels that much better with his presence on the team, He's going to be the main reason why. I can't get enough of his game. 
He's he's immediately my favorite Nick. And I like Barrett. This is not even close now. So Brunson's my favorite on the team. Because I, I love his game. I absolutely love his game. Nets end up seeing their winning streak come to an end. No big deal there. I mean, listen, that was going to happen eventually. The Nets playing great. They are now at a point where they're mentioned amongst the championship contenders once again. My only cause for concern, when things seem to be perfect and harmonious in Netland, something usually finds a way to blow. Whether that is Kyrie Irving with a tweet, whether that is Kyrie Irving with an absence, whether that is Kevin Durant with an injury. Right now, things are too good to be true in Netland. They seem to be too good to be true. Just be careful with that. And then one more note before the voicemails. I want to commend the Yankees for something. I don't know if you guys have paid much attention to this. The Yankees have just added two excellent front office types that we all know, that we all know well. And I think it's the perfect balance within their front office. Brian Sabian, the guy has got a Hall of Fame resume as an executive. Remember, he was a part of the Yankee scouting department in the 90s, working with G. Michael and all those guys, you know, in the Jeter, the Bernies, the Pettits of the world. He goes to San Francisco and builds not one, not two, but three World Series championship teams. Brian Sabian is an excellent baseball man. I found out they're bringing him in as a consultant. Great. Then today you find out my buddy, who was sitting next to me on a couch a week ago in Omar Minaya, who clearly is very tight with Brian Cashman and clearly wants to get back into baseball. Now, Omar is going to be a part of the front office. That's a good thing for the Yankees. The Yankees in their front office, they had too many damn nerds trying to get in the ear of Brian Cashman. Now they are getting a nice mix of baseball people with scouting backgrounds combined with the analytics. And I don't want to just be dismissive and say, oh, none of it counts for anything. That's, that's not true. But to be slaves to it, to be robotic in their way of thinking, that was a problem. Like the Davey Garcia game two, disaster. Or IKF telling me he's a good defensive shortstop, disaster. Good job by the Yankees. Good job by Cashman. Sabian, Manaya, I love having those guys in the front office. And now, you know, Omar could pass along to Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone all my critiques that I've had. I don't think he's going to do that, but, you know, I could try. All right, voicemails. And after the game's on Sunday, Sunday we're going to do a later pod. After the Sunday night game, after we know what the playoffs are going to be, that's when we'll have a little conversation. 917-382-1151. All right, Steph, let's hear it, baby. JJ, Dave, and Queens, Yankees, just signed Omar Minaya. Okay, people want to say no big deal. Well, I say big deal because it's big disrespect to Willie Randolph, who, even though he's not in the Yankees brass, he's always around Yankee Stadium. He's a great, you know, even though he went to the Mets and he came, he's always been accepted back with the Yankees. And I think that does the Yankees, um, Willie Randolph dirty. Willie Randolph is Yankee all the way. I don't need cheap-ass Manaya, scrubby Manaya. I don't need that. Not a Manaya guy. So phony. He did Willie dirty. Okay, years ago, but you know what? Memories run deep in these games, in these worlds, in these streets. Let me tell you, I uh, would not like to look at Manaya's stupid face. Better keep him away from Willie. 
You know, Dave, I don't think Omar Minaya was ultimately the guy to decide on Willie Randolph's firing. And what the Mets did in firing Willie at 4 o'clock in the morning was disgraceful back in the day. That was all ownership. Come on now. You know it, and I know it. The owner made that call because they were disgusted about what happened in 2007. And, I mean, the way they handled it was just shameful. Omar Minaya is a well-respected baseball man. Scouting background, Latin America, DR, Puerto Rico. I mean, this is where Omar has made his bones. Coming up through scouting, then becoming a GM. This is a good thing for the Yankees, so I couldn't disagree more. Don't make it about Will. It's not about Will. That was an ownership decision. Come on, be better than that. Who's next? JJ Justin in Miami, obviously excited about the Giants win. A couple of weeks downtime, really, before the first game, given the game Sunday means nothing, and really has me thinking about Jones and Barkley. And, you know, going into the year, I think the thought was if you bring these guys back, that Barkley's the guy you franchise because, you know, you can use the franchise as a way to get him to sign a, a three year deal, given that no one's really going to give a running back a six or seven year deal, uh, even at this stage. And that Jones would be a guy who, if you bring back, you're bringing him back on two to three years. And, and I still think that's my preference, but the, this has become a kind of a tricky spot for the Giants now because when you look at how Jones has played, you know, I think he's like ninth in QBR, tenth in overall quarterback rating. You know, he's played at a borderline top 10 level. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but you know what? You are what you are. And right now, Daniel Jones has played at a level which says he's an above average starting quarterback. And, and 25 year old above average starting quarterbacks just don't become available very often. I mean, maybe the most analogous examples Kirk Cousins and we saw what he got so I guess what I'm saying is you know I think this could be a tricky negotiation because I think there could be some teams when you look at the need for quarterbacks around the league that might say hey Daniel Jones is 25 he just had his best year this guy's coming around let's give him five or six years and and when you look at the Giants roster I think it's a little better than people think other than receiver but I don't know if they're in position to give him five years 130 million dollars where a team like for example the Jets which if they had solid quarterback play might be a contender, might do that. Or a team like Washington, we've seen throw big money. So I think this is going to be a trickier negotiation than people think. And I do think there's a chance that he gets a much bigger offer than, than all of us were anticipating, even as far back as a week or two ago. Talk to you later. Well, Justin, I think you're right about Daniel Jones is going to make a lot more money than all of us thought maybe about three or four months ago. He has earned that. He's played at a high level. He's taking his team to the postseason. And if he got to the open market, that could be problematic for the Giants because there are quarterback needy teams. There are a lot of teams, go through the list, that are going to be looking for a quarterback. You like that cuckoo clock, by the way? That's the uh, the friendly confines of the Jastrzemski household, the cuckoo clock. We didn't unplug it. I think it kind of adds a nice ambiance, to be honest with you. Giants would run into trouble if Jones got to the open market. They're going to take care of him. First of all, I think he wants to be here. Second of all, the owner wants him here. They've seen the progress. They've seen the development. He's going to get paid. Now, will those contracts look good in two, three, four years? That that remains to be seen. But I'd be stunned at this point if we're not talking about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back as Giants and how they go about who you're going to franchise, who are you going to give the long-term deal to? Can you give a long-term deal to both? Is that feasible? Is that possible? 
going to find out. Now, remember with these football contracts, it's a lot like Monopoly money. After a certain amount of time, you can get out of the contract. Unless it's an arbitrage, like the, the Russell Wilson contract or Galladay's contract, where you had to eat another year. After that, there's, there's always a way out. Remember, there's always a way out. But I think if you're a Giant fan, you want this quarterback here. How, how do you not? He's tough. He's played hard. The team has won. He's gotten better. What's not to like? All right, let's take one more. Let's hear it. Hey, JJ, this is Ed from Jersey City. Talking a little chats here. The changes this team's got to make, I'm hearing a lot of things from uh, on Twitter from Jets fans about Sean Payton, about changing DMs or firing coaches or blah, blah, blah. I think this is a very disappointing end to the year. Horrible. Probably more typical Jets. But I think there is Let's head for a good future here. I think the big thing I would go into the offseason in and want to see what you think about this is the Jets have to get themselves a veteran offensive assistant head coach, someone that can help Mike LaFleur, who I think is completely in over his head. I think the fact that they put in Mike White and took out Zach Wilson exposed him and exposed his, uh, to be frank, awful play calls. Uh, what do you think about maybe if Frank Reich doesn't get a job somewhere else about bringing him in for a year as a top offensive assistant or someone else along that line that can help not only the quarterback but can help the offensive coordinator actually understand how to call a game? Thanks, JJ. Have a good one. And appreciate it. Um, I can't see Frank Reich coming here if he's not the offensive coordinator. And as I mentioned earlier, is Robert Sala going to have the chutzpah to fire his buddy? I don't think so. He seems like a loyal guy. I do not think Robert Sala will be the guy to fire his offensive coordinator. Not this year, at least. Reich over LaFleur would be an upgrade. I think Frank Reich might be thinking I could coach a team next year, especially with how Indianapolis has blown up over the last few weeks. You notice... Nobody is pounding their chest anymore talking about how great and how terrific the Jeff Saturday hire was. You notice you're not hearing any more of that. That's that's completely out the window. That helps a guy like Reich, who got the best out of Carson Wentz and took a couple of Colt teams to the playoffs. He'd be a good addition to the Jet staff. I'd be surprised if it happens. I think Frank Reich has a better chance of being a head coach next year than he does to be on the Jet staff. Take that for what it's worth. All right. Football Fridays, very tough week 18. Football Friday, Art the Caesar, Superbook. He'll give us grades. Beningo with Old School, New School. That's up next. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. 
ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. It's now time for the week 18, old school, new school. The race has gotten tight. Very Joe Beningo is with us. Uh, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, are with DeMar Hamlin. No but question. the NFL back in action on Sunday. I'm sure it's going to be a very emotional scene, very emotional vibe. There's no doubt there, Joe. Yes. But I got to go back to last Sunday. Your team gets eliminated from the postseason. You had an opportunity to control your own destiny in many ways here. I know you would have needed a New England loss to Buffalo. But your thoughts on the absolute no-show across the board against Seattle? Well, you you said it. I mean, it was. it's not just the Seattle. They, they, they no-showed two weeks in a row. They no-showed against the Jaguars. And, you know, the excuse there was the disaster of Zach Wilson, right? Okay. But there was no excuse this week. And I understand Mike White was – I don't think Mike White was 100% in this game. I, don't, I think he was banged up, you know, whatever you want to say. I don't think he was right. But you know what? The defense, the first play of the game, you got and Walker goes for 60 yards, and then two plays later they're in the end zone. I mean, come on. And that was it. The game was over. You could have let you could the game was over right there. This team didn't play the biggest game of the year. They weren't ready to play. And and it's on the coach. It's on the coaching staff. You know? You know, these guys keep trying to say, Salad keeps trying to say, you know, well, we're not these guys don't remember the teams from, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, but you know what? You don't remember them, but you just put yourself in the same vein as them. That's what you did. You blew us. You were seven and four. You've lost five games in a row. You blew the season after a season you're getting everybody pumped up. You know, everybody's, you know, and you wound up sticking up, sticking it up our rear end again. And that's pretty much what. Well, think about this for a minute. The Jets were seven and four. The Dolphins were eight and three. Joe, if I would have told you in early December. When I'm coming back from Florida, that the Dolphins and the Jets would be winless going into this game. Dude, I would have given you like 100 to 1 odds easily. Right, right. No, I look. Sad state of affairs. And listen, this line has moved a little bit now. 
We don't know if Mike White's going to play. So it looked like he was going to start. The Dolphins are a two-point favorite, right? That is correct. Dolphins are two-point favorites say, now, and it's probably it going to be Skylar Thompson talk- against Joe Flacco. Well, we talked about this off the air. If White can't play, Zach Wilson's got to play. I mean, I, I, 100%. I don't want to see Joe Flacco playing. It's ridiculous. Joe Flacco playing, and it gets nonsense. I don't want to hear it. Zach Wilson, if, if White can't go, you got to put a uniform on Zach Wilson and play him. That's it. Case closed. Done. I don't want to hear this crap. Yeah, I like to. I'd like to actually win a game here. Okay, I would. You know, I would like to stick it to your team here. You know, I, I well, I let you guys end the year on a six-game losing streak, not my team. Okay, but I wouldn't bet that way. I'll say that. But you know, I mean, it's it's absurd. Zach, if Mike White can't play, Zach Wilson's got to be the quarterback. I'm sorry. There's no. You can't sell me Joe Flacco here. You just cannot. Cannot. No argument from me. Now, as far as the picks going into week 18, Joe, after a 3-1-1 week, I am 44-37-4. You, sir, are 44-35-6. So we're even in the win column. I am two out in the loss. I am going to start the proceedings because I have the honors on the team. I want to point this out. Three consecutive losing weeks for me, by the way. Wow. After you were red hot, red after hot. you could do no red wrong throughout the months of October right. and November. Um, right. and, and one thing here, we ended up giving me a push on the Cincinnati-Buffalo yeah, game. Right. That's how we <laughs> That's determined cool. it. Joe and I talked I about no, it. I got no we ended up making no that a push. Right, no yeah, problem. Yeah, so we'll go from there. Yeah. Now, I'm going to start here, Joe. I'm going with the rat line of the week. I think this line absolutely <laughs> stinks. I think this line makes absolutely no sense, and that's why I'm taking it. I am on the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, everything is shaping up for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. They're playing the best football out of any of those teams who are the seven seed. Pickett is gaining more confidence. Tomlin hasn't had a losing year. He could avoid that with a win. But you know what? This line stinks to me. This line should be four and a half. This line should be five and a half. This line should be six. The fact that they are making Cleveland only a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Pittsburgh Steelers tells me all I need to know. I get it. The Steelers are hot, and they're playing better football. Watch Cleveland go and stick it to them. I think Cleveland spoils the party. I think they spoil the win season streak for Tomlin. Upset special right out of the gate. Brownies plus two-and-a-half. All right, well, I'm, we're going head-to-head in this one, so I'm taking Pittsburgh laying the two-and-a-half. Uh, for every reason that you said, uh, I know Cleveland's a live team. Like they beat the Commanders last week, which basically knocked the Commanders out of the playoffs. I mean, so, ah, the Commander. You know, the Commander. Goodbye, goodbye, Commanders. They're gone. You can pretty much figure they're gone. I guess they still got they're alive yet, but they're really not. They're not making the playoffs. So Cleveland basically knocked them out. They lost a tough game the week before to New Orleans in the in the deep freeze in Cleveland. Uh, they did beat Pittsburgh earlier in the year, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like the Steelers in this game. I just, you know what? To me, here's, here's the bottom line. The game's in Pittsburgh, and we're looking at Mike Tomlin against Kevin Stefanski. Give me the Steelers playing the two and a half. All right, Joe, game two. And I'm trying to pick as many games that matter because right. I think it's the best way to do it. Well, I think some of these week the games 18 I games are brutal. some relevance to them, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, if you end up picking a game when nobody's playing, right. you have no idea what to right. expect. Right. Uh, I absolutely love the Rams. 
they are getting six points against the Seattle Seahawks, and they have been a spunky team down the stretch of this year. They have played hard for Sean McVay. They have not quit on the year. I know Seattle going for a winning year. Seattle, if they win and they get a Lion win, they will be in the postseason. This game to me is going to be tight. I think it's a field goal game. I, I think it's a tight game. I think it's a coin flip type of game. I think the Rams will be into this one, Joe. I'm taking them. I'm taking them plus the six and a half points. You know, I like the I like your theory. I, I hope that I I'd love to see the Rams win that game because I'd like to see the Lions make the playoffs. I mean, really, and that would be, if the Rams could knock off uh, Seattle and then that uh, that's a play in game on Sunday night with Green Bay and Detroit. That would because I'd love to see the Lions make it. So I hope I, I'm not touching that game. But I, I think you're on the right side of the coin there with the number. I do think that. So, um, all right, game two for me. I'm t- I'm going. I'm I'm playing both games on Saturday. I'm taking the Raiders getting nine at home against the Chiefs. I'm taking them. Uh, they should have beat them the first time they played them earlier in the season. Kansas City obviously right now is playing for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's right there. If they lose, I guess I don't know what happens if they lose. I guess they I guess they got it pretty much locked up right now. The Chiefs, I mean, what is it now? I don't know. Well, they have to win. They have to win on Saturday yeah, against the Raiders. Right that's what they're playing three. for. Like, that's right. They're, so they're, no, wait a minute. They're, they're 13 and three right now. Am I correct? That Chiefs is correct. 13 and three. So Buffalo, right, that's right. So the Chiefs still have to win because even if Buffalo go, Buffalo if beat Buffalo them. Win, correct. If they go to Buffalo the tiebreaker, Buffalo, Buffalo would have the edge. But if they wipe out the Buffalo, if they wipe out the Bengal Buffalo game, and Buffalo wins and finishes 13-3, and three, and Kansas City loses at 13-4, and four, Buffalo gets the home field. Correct. They need a chief loss if they want to be right. the one seed. That's what they need. Now, I guess there's still an outside shot. Cincinnati could get it, too, right? Um, Cincinnati would need both to lose. Now, if they end up, because remember, Buffalo possible. would be 12-4. and four. Cincinnati would be 12-4. and four. No, Cincinnati would not be ahead of Buffalo because of conference tiebreaker. And okay. remember, no heads up because so they the didn't play the line game. Is this. So the bottom line is that the Chiefs are basically playing for the number one seed here. If they win, they're the number one seed because Buffalo is not going to be able to, to get to 14-3. and three. That's the bottom line. They can't. So this, this basically is for the number one seed. All the more reason am I taking the Raiders. The Raiders played last week for Jared Stidham. No doubt about it. They put 34 on the board. They gave the nine as well. They wanted probably should have beat them. Um, you know, so uh, maybe this team is more motivated without their car. Maybe there was an issue there. I don't know. The Raider chief rivalry. It's a big number. It's nine points. Uh, I'm sure the Raiders would love to spoil the chief's party here, getting the number one overall seed. I like the Raiders getting nine on uh, Saturday. I do. That's my Juan, You know this about Kansas City. Kansas City does not cover big numbers. That is their MO. That is uh, par for the course for them. They do not cover big numbers. I I am not taking that game. I don't have a problem with that pick, though. I don't. Now, here's what I am going to do. I'm going to take the other game on Saturday. They had all kinds of trouble last week with with Denver, too, as well. Yeah, they did. I mean, these divisional games give them hell. And Vegas, if you go back earlier in the year, they should have beat Kansas City. That's they were right. right there. They had an opportunity nope. to do it. No question. Uh, game three for me, I'm all over Tennessee in this spot. Tennessee, I know the uncertainty of quarterback with Dobbs. Tennessee has been awful down the stretch of this year. But I just have a suspicion, Joe, they are going to get up for this game. I think Vrabel will have him ready to go. I think Vrabel is going to say, guys, 
Nobody is giving us a chance. They're going to have Henry back. And let's see how Jacksonville now handles being the favorite. How do they handle the idea that everyone is expecting them Mm -hmm. to win? I think Tennessee is in this game. I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. Give me the Titans plus six. Yeah, I'm with you there. We we went on head-to-head in the Steeler game. We're in a family play in this game. I'm with you 100% with the Titans. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the Jaguars, well, like you said, all of a sudden they're the favorite. Everybody's going to be on them this week. They're the the sexy team. They're red hot. You know, win the division, all of that. I think the pressure of winning the division, they're going up against a team that's that's been in the playoffs now for a while, as bad as they are right now. Um, and the free fall they've been on, six in a row, they've lost whatever it is. I'm with you, man. I'm getting the Titans in six, and I'm taking the Titans. So we have a a family play with that game. All right, game four, and I think this is my favorite play of the week, Joe. Favorite play of the week. I love the Packers again. They were good to me last week. I am taking them again. I understand Detroit plays hard. I understand that Detroit beat them earlier this year. Aaron Rodgers can smell the postseason. That's all there is to it. He wins, he's in. Case closed, simple as that. The Green Bay Packers are not losing this game to the Lions. I don't see it. I think Green Bay, if you look, they're a team that's ascending. They absolutely slaughtered the Vikings last week. I think it goes to show you that Minnesota can be had and that Minnesota is a very vulnerable and a very beatable team. I think there's going to be a party at Lambeau Field for the Packers. Now, If the Lions have something to play for, is their motivation different? That's the question. Because you want to tell me they play hard for Campbell? You want to tell me they got young guys on the team they're going to embrace Sunday night? That might be true early in the game. That game is 14-3 Green Bay at halftime. A guy's giving you that same effort in the second half? I'm not so sure about that. So they really need cooperation from the LA Rams outright in order for that game to really matter. Even if it does, I don't care. The Packers are not losing that game. I'll lay four and a half. I think they win by seven to ten points, Joe. I'm on Green Bay. All right. Look, I'd love, like I told you, I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me if, if Seattle wins, then let Green Bay win because Detroit can't get in. I would love to see Detroit get in. If Seattle loses, that's, that's an interesting game. It'll be interesting to see. The weather obviously will favor the Packers. The Lions are an indoor team. But I'm, I'm not on that game. That'll be a. Hopefully, hopefully it is a playing game. I hope I hope you hit the Rams. That'd be great. Listen, that'd be more I, fun for us, for sure. See. Right, right. All right, game four. I've been on this team all year, and I'm staying with them. I'm taking the Giants get 14. I'm getting 14. I don't know. I have no idea what uh, Dable's going to do here. If he's going to play Jones, if he's not going to play Jones, if Tyrod Taylor's going to play, if, whatever. And the Eagles obviously just need to win the game to get the home field advantage, which they've now, they've had two weeks in a row with the ability to do that and have not been able to do it. So, so the pressure is still on the Eagles to get this win. I'm assuming Jalen Hurts is playing. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I'm assuming it. And if he's not, even more do I like the Giants in this game. I, no, I, I think the Giants are going to surprise people and play them tough. I think this line, I think the, I think the uh, bookies are giving you, I know the Eagles beat them. They killed them bad in New York. I understand that. But I think even the Giants are even a different team from that game now. They're even a different team from that game. Even though I know it's a couple of weeks ago. I love the Giants getting 14, bro. Whether Hurts plays or are not. Are you taking it now? Is your logic with this pick 
that you think the Giants are going to play for four quarters? Is that something you think they uh, will do? I don't know, but I think the Giants are very motivated. You know, they got embarrassed by the Eagles the first time they played them. The Eagles are playing for the division, uh, playing for the number one seed. I mean, let's be honest. They lose and San Francisco wins. I guess San Francisco is the number one seed. Am I correct? Isn't that what happens? That would be correct. And if Dallas won, Philadelphia would fall all the way to the five seed if they lost outright. Right, right. That's right. Right. If Dallas won, Philadelphia loses the division and and Dallas Dallas wins the division. So I, I love the Giants here, man. I think the Giants are motivated in this game. For everything I just said, they got embarrassed by the Eagles earlier in the year. The Eagles are playing for something, and the Giants would love to spoil the Eagles' party. No doubt about it. I love the Giants getting 14 here. So that's my – that's my. Well, they might not win, but I think the Giants are in this game, and I think that when, when push comes to shove, Dable's going to play it to win the game. That's my prediction. Give me the Giants. Very interesting. 14. Now, if I were running the team, there's no way in the world I'm playing my guys in this game. The Giants are too thin as a roster. They don't have a whole lot of guys that uh, that scare you. You can't lose a Thibodeau. You can't lose a Jones. You can't lose a Barkley. I understand. To me, Joe, this is very, like, I would not look at this the same way I would if I were Tom Coughlin going up against undefeated New no, England. I understand. I told it's you. It's a little different with this Giant team because they just, uh, they, it, there's so many little things. That one thing goes wrong. They could be looking at a bloodbath next week in a wild card round. I still think they're motivated to mess up the season the Eagles have had. That's we me. shall see. We shall see how Brian Dable plays it out. But you're the taking Giants a big number. The all year, bro. I'm, t- I'm six and one picking the Giants this year. Well, and I'm I know this. You, uh, uh, spoiler alert: you will be taking the Giants no matter what the number is next week in the wild card round. That is Uh-oh. a given. I know maybe. that. I'm going to go maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because I got a theory. I don't want to get into my theory about that, which we will discuss if we get to that point. Let's get there. Let's just take it one day at a time. Leave it at that. I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you of that theory though. We will don't get worry. to that theory. Because I wanna I wanna hear about it next week. It depends who they play. Let's put it that I down. understand that. And I think it's gonna be Minnesota. Now, yes. last but not least, emotional scene's gonna be Sunday in Buffalo. The Patriots are playing for the postseason. Buffalo, I know some people are gonna question their motivation. Joe, they are gonna be full tilt ready to rock across the board. They're playing for DeMar Hamlin. There's not a doubt in my mind. I think Buffalo with Josh Allen against New England, he has owned them the last couple of years. He smoked them on Thursday night a few weeks ago. He embarrassed them last year, if you remember, in the wild card round. I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are putting on a show. I love Buffalo this week. They win. They win going away. They're going to honor their teammate. Give me the Bills lane seven. The only thing that worries me about this game, and I was going to go there too, but I'm laid off it, and here's the reason why. Because all week, the only thing that's that Buffalo's been talking about is not football, okay? And that worries me when you got Belichick on the other side with a playoff spot on the line. So that worries me a little bit. That's why, that's why I stayed off it, okay? I almost took the Patriots, but I said, you know, because I'm, you may, you may be right. I don't know what the psyche of the Bills is going into this game. It's a and fair question. Said, it's a fair question. You know, totally that's why fair. I'm staying completely. You, you may be right, and then we may see a team that's you know not all there, and, and and you're going up against Bill with a playoff spot on the line. I'm a little worried about that, so I'm staying away from that game because I don't really know what I'm dealing with there. But if if all things were at Hoyle, 
I would I would go with Buffalo. But I, there's too much too much crap. You know, too many things. Shouldn't use that word, but too many different things that are sailing around this game. Crap's not the right word. Sailing around, you know, too many distractions. We'll put it at that. Okay. Can I understand? So I'm stay, All right. Your final I'm, pick. I'm staying away with it. Well, I'm taking the Ravens getting seven and a half at the Bengals. I think the Ravens are, are going to be motivated. It's a, uh, this, that's a big number. I, I don't see the Bengals blowing them out. And I think the Bengals are all, have also been affected by this. What's the psyche of the Bengals coming into this game after what happened last week? You know, what's their, you know, mindset coming into this game? So I, I like Baltimore. I know Baltimore's clinched the division, uh, clinched their playoff spot. The Bengals have clinched the division now. They're not going to play that at Buffalo game, right? I mean, that's it. They won as far the as we know. Yeah, if they're not right. making that game up, Cincinnati wins the division. Right. That is correct. Right. I mean, if, 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 if not, since then the Ravens would still have a shot to win if they won this game. And and Buffalo would beat the Bengals. I'm taking the Ravens. I, I I'm getting a big number, seven and a half. I guess Jackson's still out. I guess Hundley's going to play again. But I I'm, I like Baltimore. It's it's a big rivalry. I know the game's at Cincinnati. The Ravens did beat them earlier in the year. I mean that's something to think about. But I'm taking the Ravens get seven and a half. To recap, Joe and I going with one family play. We're both rolling with the Tennessee Titans plus the six. We are heads up. In the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, I have the Brownies. He has the Steelers. I'm rolling with the Rams. I'm rolling with the Packers. And I'm rolling with the Buffalo Bills in what will be a very emotional scene on Sunday. For Joe, Vegas plus the points. Giants plus the points. Ravens plus the points. So four underdogs this week, Benango. Yes. Yes, indeed. And both Saturday games. So I'll be I'll be majorly involved Saturday. I'll be we like the, the sound of that. Um. Next week, we will chat before Wild Card Weekend. Mm. Um, I will see you next Friday at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Oh, and okay, well, let me let me just tell you. This. Let me just stop you. We that has been uh, postponed. I'll let you know when. Ah, right? uh, okay. So we will All not right. be so next you know Friday. There's no Hackensack Brewing Company next Friday. Uh, my daughter cannot is not available, so we will not. We we're going to push it back. I'll let you know. Regardless, I will talk to you next Thursday. Yep. Hopefully, I have a birdie to the report from down in By the Florida, way, I and I will talk to you plane, then. You're playing tomorrow? I will be off the plane, rental car, drop the stuff off on the golf course by quarter to one. You and Kenny. That's right. My and father then, and, will be involved. Big scene. And you're playing. Now you're going to play. And then when are you going to play? Monday as well or Saturday too? Saturday and Monday. We are ready to roll, bro. Wow. Stellar. I mean, listen, it makes up for the miserable football I'm going to watch on Sunday. So, you yeah. know, got to well, get after it. Just to get out yesterday, I was thrilled that I got to play. You didn't play today, did you? No, I wish. I wish. Uh, yesterday I did. And it was it was nice. Yeah, no, yeah, yesterday. We played yesterday. I told you, Terry got Terry got the first birdie of the year. She beat me. We go well, back listen, all I know is that I've beaten so you, you and Keenan on the birdie wagon so far. Right. And Keenan was right. there for it. So, right. there's that. Yeah. Right. Joseph, well, enjoy Sorry. Sunday. I wish your team nothing but the worst. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let me just put this way, bro. If Joe Flacco plays, expect the worst. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy Sunday. It's going to be a lot of pain for both of us. That's all yes. I know. And the pain is, the pain is, 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 I can't even begin, bro. I can't even begin. I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this note. Somebody's going to be getting a message from me. If Joe Flacco starts this game, I can tell you that. Oh, we'll baby, that. that's what I'm talking we'll, about. We'll, we'll leave, leave it at that. Joe Benigno, all the pain. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Later. Oh, have a safe, safe trip to Florida, bro. Art DeCesar, our Vegas Shark, is coming up next.
We go from our buddy Beningo to Arthur Caesar, Westgate, Superbook, Vegas extraordinaire. Buddy, it's been a very tough week. The NFL resumes come Sunday. I'm sure it had to be all sorts of chaos. And this obviously pales in comparison to the serious severity and just heartbreaking deal over the last 24, 48, 72 hours with DeMar Hamlin. But how many questions did you guys get about parlays and teases and everything that transpired in really what was an unprecedented circumstance on Monday night? Well, you said it, JJ. It's something that obviously none of us have ever seen. Listen, as bad as the last 48, 72 hours have been, the news coming out lately has been really good. So, you know, let's obviously all keep praying for the guy and, you know, everyone involved. And obviously things are way bigger than football and what we do. But yeah, I mean, listen, we got a million questions about it and it's just the way it is. You know, I always tell people, always refer to where you bet and what people's house rules are. You know, a lot of people are going to stick to their house rules. It's a gaming issue. It's just the way it is most of the times. For us, if a game is postponed, canceled, suspended, you normally have to wait eight days. So you have an eight-day window to finish the event. We saw it as an opportunity Tuesday morning to just refund everything. Obviously, they're not going to play within the eight days anyway, but we didn't want people to wait. So we took it upon ourselves to say, hey, you had a wager on the game or anything that happened, it's just going to be a push, a refund. You'll get your money back. If you had something that had, you know, a parlay or a teaser on it, that just gets knocked off. And then, you know, you go from a three-teamer to a two-teamer or whatever the case may be. So that's the way we just decided to treat it. Because like you said, this is an unprecedented thing that happened on Monday. As far as week 18, as we take the turn and now we shift ahead, get ready for the final week of the regular season. Or right, this has got to be the toughest week 18. Week 18 or the last week of the year, is always brutal. This is impossible, dude. Finding games, finding five, no less. Really, really tough chore. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I always look at the first week and the last week are always the hardest to make. I mean, first week, we have a sense of what we think is going to happen, and then all this weirdness happens week one. And then last week of the season, there's just so many teams who are playing for stuff and so many teams who aren't playing for stuff. I mean, so it, it's just... Even a game like Houston and the Colts, which has no significance, Houston really wants to have the number one pick. So they probably really will mail the game in. So, you, you know, it's just really hard to find games where you can see an edge. This is always a tough week. Okay, my friend. We always try to find that rat line. We always try to find that sucker line. Is there one that stands out above the rest? I know you think it's Pittsburgh. I, I do. I think they're begging you to take the Steelers in that game, dude. Begging. I, I don't disagree. I know you think it should be higher. I, my, my only thing with that is Cleveland's been good against the number. Pittsburgh is never good as a favorite for some reason. Obviously, they still have things to play for. They believe, you know, with some help that they can get in and Cleveland oh, season. Right. Uh, beyond yeah. things to play for. I think if yeah. they win, they're going to the playoff. I think they have, well, the Jet Dolphin game just took a little bit of an interesting turn, which we will get to momentarily. But let's just say they win. I think they got better than a 50-50 chance of being a playoff team. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, you know, Tomlin always ends up with a winning record. There's just like so many things. Pickett has looked great these last couple weeks, leading the team down the field. And Watts playing out of his mind. I mean, I'm with you. It obviously begs you to take Pittsburgh. I understand it. I think one that is interesting is the Green Bay line. It is the right number, but it's shocking to me 
We have taken, not saying we've taken Lion money, but we haven't taken any Green Bay money, which I'm surprised. Wow. Yeah. Really? I'm, or I'm stunned by that. I know. I I am legitimately, legitimately stunned by that. I would have bet the house after what they did to the Vikings that every person imaginable would be lining up to bet the Packers. And, or let's throw in the fact that if Seattle wins the game, Detroit's playing for nothing. Yeah. No, and JJ, I don't know if it's people with a wait-and-see approach, and then maybe they'll try to run to the window, because if that Seattle game doesn't go the right way early, the line's going to balloon. And I also am still of the believer that with that being flexed out of the Sunday night game, Packers are going to finish all money line parlays this week. That's going to happen. So I still believe that will happen, but I don't know. There's not been a lot of people who've wanted to lay the four and a half, which is shocking. Now listen, that could change in the next couple of days, but it hasn't happened yet. All right, my friend, before we get to my picks and Joe's picks, I think both local games from a line standpoint are very interesting. First with the Jets in Miami. This line looked like it was going to be Miami minus one, two, give or take. Then it moves the Jets minus one because it looks like Skylar Thompson is going to be the quarterback. Today, I see the line moving three points. It moves from Jets minus one, and now it's Miami minus two. I I think it's fair to say, Art, that line has moved because the books don't think Mike White's playing, right? It's got to be it. Well, and I also think there's a lot of just negativity over, you know, from the gambler's perspective over the Jets these last couple of weeks. I mean, they had a complete no-show in Seattle. And I understand Miami's going to be playing back. I mean, listen, basically both teams are playing backup quarterbacks. If you want to call Mike White a starter or whatever. But I think that's been it. I think there have just been teams that think like, hey, the Jets are dead in the water, you know, so we're going to go against them. But you're right, this line has flipped. It was basically Jets minus two. You know, it's kind of gone back and forth here. I don't know what to make of this line. And this is what we talked about earlier. This is how these week 18 lines go. And there's a lot of games, too. If you would have got on them early and then get on them late, this isn't one of them. But you could have found middles in a lot of these games. The Cowboy game was like that. Cowboys early. Look ahead lines, four, four and a half. Then you could have come back this week and taken the commanders at seven, seven and a half, looked for a middle. A lot of those scenarios, too, this week. 100%. Um, motivation is always something you got to question. The line between the Giants and the Eagles, or maybe I'm reading too much into this, that line of 14 leaves me to believe the Giants aren't playing anybody. Do you agree with that? I would, and, you know, we opened it. We opened it at 11 and a half, and it was too low. I mean, obviously, the Eagles got plenty to play for. They want to secure this number one seed. They've lost two in a row, so now they have to play this game. You know, and listen, it's funny. As, as a Giant fan, early in the week, I was thinking, eh, I don't know, it's some people, whatever, can't change your seed, all these type of things. But then I made, it made me think of the 017. And totally different situation. But they, ha- they went out, had nothing to play for against New England except to try to knock them off from being undefeated. They couldn't change their seed. And they went out and it kind of pushed them into the playoffs and kept the good juju rolling and all that type of stuff. I know these are different scenarios and it's 15 years later and all that type of stuff, but I can actually see both sides of it, but I do agree. The line is telling, it makes you think the Giants maybe treat it like a preseason game. They play a quarter. Who knows? But the line has ballooned. All right, buddy. My picks, Joe's picks. Well, heads up in one game. I got Cleveland. He's got Pittsburgh. We're together in another game. I got Tennessee. He also has Tennessee. My other three, Rams, Packers, and I have Buffalo minus seven. Your thoughts? 
All right, we'll start with you. Titans, I'm with you guys on that. I just think it's too many points. Listen, we opened at six. It got to seven. Sharps bought it at seven. Even when it bet, went back down to six and a half, the Sharps bought it at six and a half. It went back to six. Some Jaguar money came in. Now we're sitting at six and a half. Listen, Vrabel's a good underdog coach, and their whole scenario this week is going to be shorten the game, run the ball with Henry, keep it a three-point game. Maybe they can sneak it out with a win. I think the Jaguars probably win the game, but I don't think they cover. I like you guys with the Titans there. It's funny. I, as fishy as that line is, I don't like Cleveland. I think Pittsburgh's the right side. It's under the field goal, so I'm going to give you the X on Cleveland. Rams, I'm with you on the Rams, and you'll like this. We opened it five. It's now six and a half. But all that money that came in on Seattle is public money. There's no sharp money. It's all public money. The line went up there. So I'm with you on the Rams. We talked about the Packer game. The Packers are the right side. It's Rodgers at home Sunday night. And there's that scenario where maybe Seattle loses. And then who knows what the Lions are going to do. I will say this, though. The Lions are going to get weird in that game. You know it. They're going to fake, do fake punts, go for every fourth down. So there's going to be some weirdness to the game. But I still give you the check mark with the Packers. Listen, the Buffalo game, I mean, it's going to be an emotional game. We know that. I think Buffalo will come and play for their guy. Obviously, New England still has things to play for, but I think you're going to get a nice effort out of Buffalo, so I would lay the points with Buffalo as well. I like 4-1 and one for you this week. I like the sound of that. All right, so for Beningo, the other ones that we're looking at, Vegas on Saturday, Giants, big number, Baltimore getting the points against Cincinnati. So I'm with him on Vegas. I like Vegas. I think Vegas is probably too many points. I, you know, it's funny. The, the Chiefs, we talked about this for years. They never cover. They're 4-10-2 and two against the spread. They never cover. And this is something that I didn't realize until I was watching that game last week. Stidham was with McDaniels that whole time in New England. So he kind of knows what McDaniel wants. He kind of knows the offense. He knows what to expect from play calling. Vegas at home, they seem to be healthy, even though Jacobs might not play, but he's got weapons to throw to. It's too many points, so I give Joe the check mark there. Obviously, gave him the check mark with the Titans and Pittsburgh. I can't give him the giant check mark. I, I mean, I know it's 14, but you could see this game maybe being close in the first half, and then Philly just really lays it on him in the second half. So I, I know 14's a lot, but no check mark there. And then the Raven one is interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of sharp money on the Ravens this week. Obviously, they're playing Cincinnati. People were taking them at seven and a half, and even at seven. It's still at seven, but I don't know. I just don't like the direction of the Raven team. And this is a guy who's got a Super Bowl future on him, but I don't like the direction of him. I think the Bengals will come out and play. They've been red hot, even though they got derailed not finishing the Monday night game. So I give Joe a three and two. I'm leaning with you this week, my friend. I like the sound of that. And right now, I have closed the gap on Beningo. I am even in the win column. I'm two back in the loss. If we're doing it via points, Art, I am at 46 points. Beningo is at, let me see here, 45, 46, 47 points. So juicy, my friend. Juicy, juicy, juicy week 18. All right, your tease. By the hair of your chinny chin chin with Carolina, dude. <laughs> hey, and for anybody who saw the end of the Carolina uh, Tampa Bay game, Art, that is the definition of significant to some. Listen, JJ, that's why we tease these NFL games, man. I'll tell you. And I and listen, don't get me wrong. I like Carolina plus three, plus three and a half, whatever it was. But that's why I've said for years on this show, I got to tease the NFL. 
These lines are too tight. I got to find value with teasers. And you're right. I escaped, but I still got to the window. So that's all I care about. Obviously, another two-team six-point tease this week. I'm actually with Beningo on two of his picks. Even though I like you this week, I'm with two of his picks teasing them. The Raiders, like I said, I just think it's too many points. I'm going to add six to it. So I like the Raiders. And then I'm doing something I never do because it's just hard to find games this week. I'm going through zero, which I hate to do. You're not supposed to do, but I am doing it. I'm taking the Steelers. So my two-team six-point tease is going to be Raiders plus 15, Steelers plus three and a half. Wow. Interesting tease this week, going through zero, which is something you normally do not do. Um, Final thought, Art. It's twofold. Number one, are we giving TCU any chance in this game because the betting line does not? It doesn't, but a couple of interesting points about the game. So prior to the Saturday matchups, we were based, we were putting out hypothetical matchup lines. Our hypothetical Georgia TCU line was 16 and a half. Then the games got played. Games get played. We reopen the line, Georgia minus 13 and a half. All we have done is taken TCU money. It's unbelievable. We're now at 12 and a half. Now, once again, the TCU money is public money. The Sharps have not come in on either side yet. It's been public TCU money. The market and us had to move to 12 and a half. I think eventually you'll get some Georgia money that will come in. Obviously, it's almost two touchdowns. I think Georgia first half will be a very popular play. Minus seven, I could see that. I don't know. Georgia's been the best team in the country all year. But TCU's on a magical ride, man. I, I don't know what it is about this team, about that coach, and about that quarterback. I'd probably lay the points with Georgia, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah, listen, I want to root for TCU. A lot of my heart says TCU's got a shot, and then my head kind of steps in and says, no, (laughs) not so much. Not with this Georgia team. Uh, Georgia's just an absolute wagon, and I just can't see him being denied this second straight title. Um, Do I have this stone since I'm going to the Skylar Thompson Joe Flacco Fest? Do I actually put a few down on my team on Sunday? I have a hard time doing so. That is such a stay-away game, isn't it? It is, but honestly, JJ, if you made me pick the game, I would take Miami. You would? I would. Okay. I would. I, okay. I would. I, the, the Jets have been a disaster these last couple of weeks. I, I just, Jets I don't know have what, killed me the yeah. last few weeks. Uh, all right. They yeah. killed me last Sunday. They killed me in the Detroit game. They've killed me the last few weeks. They really they, have. They, they, they've been really bad down the stretch. Not, listen, you know, no, no disrespect. Not like your team's been any better, but I just think the short price at home, I feel like the Miami will find a way to win by a field goal or more. Arthur Caesar, Westgate Superbook extraordinaire. Buddy, we'll chat next Thursday. We'll have all the playoff games to break down. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the championship on Monday. Uh, and we'll talk to you then. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, JJ. Looking forward to it, man. NFL playoff football next week. Can't wait, buddy. Uh, let's cash some tickets. Arthur Caesar, always a pleasure. Before we say goodbye, no cats this week. Fantasy season has come to a close. Jeff Money. Are you going to be riding with a couple of our family plays, amigo? What's the card? What are we looking at for Thursday? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper pick. This week, week number 18, the final week of the regular season. All right, as far as last week on my money plays, I hit it. I'm 11-6 and six now on the year. I was 2-3 and three for the week, 35-47-3 on the year. Your best bets didn't have a best bet. You're 13-3 and three on the year. Fantastic. And you were 3-1 and one this week, so you're filling at 44 
37 and 3. Head to head, uh, you beat me. I'm now for the year. We are 9, 9, and 1 against each other. Family plays we hit. We're 4 and 9 on the year. All right, here's my five plays. Gain on one, my money play. I'm going with a home team. I'm going with your Miami Dolphins showing right now plus one over the New York Jets. Game number two, I'm going with another home team. I'm going to the Cincinnati Bengals, minus the seven and a half over the Baltimore Ravens. Game number three, I'm going with a home team. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, minus the seven over the New England Patriots. Game number four, I'm going with another home team. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, minus the four and a half over the Detroit Lions. And game number five, I'm going to take a road team. I'm going to go with the Giants, even though I know they'll probably be resting a lot of players, but I think it's a high line. I'm going to go with the Giants, plus the fourth team over the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, my five plays. My money play, I'm going with your Miami Dolphins plus the one. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals minus the seven and a half. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills minus the seven. The Green Bay Packers minus the four and a half. And the New York Giants plus the 14. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, let's see if we got some family plays. Okay, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I like the idea that there are some family plays involved. Dolphins is still going to be a family play, even though I'm not invested. The Packers, that's one of my favorite plays of the week. In fact, it is my favorite play of the week. I will absolutely be on Green Bay. And you're riding with Beningo at the Giants. That's a dicey pick because I have no idea what the motivation is going to be for Big Blue. Did they play it to try to knock Philadelphia out of that one seed? They playing their starters for four quarters? We shall see. We will have a same-game parlay that you want to check out on FanDuel for the Giants and the Eagle game. We'll have some fun with that. We'll have the quarterback of the Giants tomorrow. I know you guys have been waiting for it. With everything that went on with DeMar Hamlin, we pushed it back a few days. So Daniel Jones will join us Friday. The playoff bound, we know that. They got one more game left in this regular season against Philadelphia. So we'll get his thoughts and away we go. Good job by Stefan. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Week 18 in the NFL. Keep DeMar Hamlin in your thoughts and prayers. On that note, JJ out. Be good, everybody.